Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, see the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. Once again, members of the Free Range EDC congregation, we find ourselves on the verge of what can only be described as one of the high holy days of geekdom. 45 years ago from the premiere of A New Hope, the folks over at the Blues will be delivering unto us a brand new Star Wars series. Yay! Verily I say unto thee, brothers and sisters, we shall be a witness to a story featuring one of the greatest Jedi of all time. Unless you want to count completely missing Anakin's turn to the dark side and then leaving him for dead rather than finishing the job and then giving Palpatine his greatest weapon short of an orbiting space station with a big-ass laser cannon in it. And uh, actually, never mind that, because we're going to be diving into another round of interweb rumors surrounding the return of Obi-Wan and much more in this episode 104. Well, hello there. Kenobi rumors, the real or the jabroni. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is a person who was once booked to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship but refused to work with Billy Kidman due to a claim of gimmick infringement surrounding ring attire he has been my partner in ADC for over two decades and will always be a champion in my heart, at least. I give you the man they call Tim. Well, hello there. And I have the higher ground. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Where did you get that Billy Kidman thing, man? That was pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. I just It just popped well into my done, head sir. today. Well done, sir. And I was sir. completely sober when it happened. That's the thing I'm most proud of. Oh, very yes, nice. Yes, uh, we very have nice. the higher ground, which means we automatically win. Um, you know, <laughs> laser swords be damned. I'm standing two feet above you. That's it. It's all over. I guess um, that's, that's all yeah. the sports team needs to do. Just get on the higher ground and, and then you must forfeit. OK, I mean, you know, somebody somebody text Spud Webb that, I guess. Oh, wait, Spud <laughs> Webb never won a championship. Never mind. Never mind. Um, yes. So we will be talking about Kenobi this episode, all the real and jabroni uh, rumors and all that fun stuff. But before that, we need to get into the week of geek so that the man they call Tim can inform us of what geek news has been happening since the last time that we uh, congregated and gathered. Uh, however, before that, we need mm-hmm. to get to our Week in Geek sponsor because, uh, you know, we're ah. we're actually on a, quite a roll with having a sponsor here. Uh, so far, it has not really uh, paid all that well, but I have been able to get Patrick a cot to go in the supply closet. So he's he had mm-hmm. he's sleeping a little more comfortably. He was just kind of leaning up against a mop. And uh, that <laughs> helped to explain that mildewy smell that would precede him and then follow him out of the room. So Great. now we've got M- him a cot. And pneumonia. It's, yeah, uh, another couple of these sponsors, and maybe we'll actually get to the point where he can go go live in a flop house of his own. But so far, not yet. He's still he's like Harry Potter. He's living in the supply closet at Free Range nice. at UCHQ. Nice. Thank God I'm recording from home. 
because damn it, he snores really loud. Anyways, um, this week's Week in Geek is sponsored by that doofus at the coffee drive-thru ordering lunch for 10 people. Yes, that incredibly oblivious tool bag that doesn't mind holding up the line for a good 15 minutes because they refuse to get out of their car and walk 10 feet inside the shop. You're waiting at life in spite of everybody behind you in line planning to end yours. Week in so funky so what do we got for the weekend geek that is one heck of a uh sponsor my friend and very Again. apropos given my day today <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's very ties in nicely <laughs> with the discussion we had <laughs> you know i the the frustrating thing for me and i'll there's a little a little sidetrack here i know that we were saying we were going to try and keep this tight but there really ought to be two lines mm-hmm. at, at the coffee drive through okay like I'm, I'm not talking about mom and pop places because i mean we know infrastructure and all that stuff but if you're a national chain i'm petitioning that you need to have two lines mm-hmm. one for black coffee and one for everybody else yes because all I want is black coffee. No cream, no sugar, no none of that. And none of that freaking classic syrup crap that Starbucks had. What the hell? Since when do you have to explain what black coffee is? I mean, I, I've said that so many times and people are like, so does that mean you want the classic syrup in that? <laughs> no. Black coffee is nothing. It is coffee in a cup. I find it funny and, and that you, honestly, can't, you, you can't even say regular optional. coffee. You can't even say regular because regular implicitly oh, no, means, no. you know, cream and sugar or some kind or whatever. So, yeah, and enough cream and sugar that, you know, you might as well have Wilford Brimley riding shotgun with you talking about diabetes. I mean, <laughs> Good Lord. yeah, because regular, I mean, I think regular coffee, if you ask for a regular now, it's like two sugars in like yeah. a medium yeah. or something is. That's that's a lot of sugar. I mean, for someone who does who does drinks like nothing in his like even iced coffee, nothing mm. in it. Just give mm. me a black ice coffee cup. Well, not that order, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it ought to be like everybody else who wants to get their frappuccino, the eight bagels, uh, and all the the thing that confuses me is I don't even understand why people are ordering food from Starbucks. Like that food is the most unappetizing food I have ever seen in my life. Like this side of like Fisher Price, like the stuff that comes with a kitchen playset, that is that, that stuff in there looks damn near inedible. I ha- I I did in a, in a past life have the egg sandwich before I went on my 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 now lifetime diet that I'm on, and and those were actually pretty tasty. But outside of that, I agree. Well, the problem is you probably have one of those sitting somewhere in your colon right now because it's, <laughs> it's plastic and it won't pass through you. It's like one of them ah, forever so that, chemicals. Ah, so that's what that feeling is. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. I feel a little lumpy. <laughs> Jeez, it kind of looks like an, an English muffin. I got a protrusion. What's going on? <laughs> Is that a piece of bacon? Oh, um, good lord! But anyways, that's my rant. Uh, black coffee lane, and then coffee and and crap for everybody else. That's. That is, you know what? That's what my campaign is going to be for president. That's that's my entire platform right there. It all goes and, back uh, to Kenobi having the higher ground. Yes, yes. I have ground. the higher ground. The Give higher me my coffee. Give me my coffee. Right. Anyways, so what do we got going on in the Week in Geek this week, sir? Uh, our first Week in Geek I've entitled Feige is the Man. Last Tuesday, uh, Disney Plus had their upfront presentation to the advertisers in the old NYC. And that is where Feige uh, introduced uh, the next slate of Marvel shows that will be uh, coming at us, uh, primarily with a focus on She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. 
yes. uh, which looked very, very cool. So uh, looking forward to that. I'm, I'm especially excited. Uh, uh, I hadn't, um, oh gosh, now I can't think of the, 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 the name of the show she was in, but Tatiana Maslani, she was on a show where she played like these like five different versions of this, this clone character. And I cannot, oh, uh, something orchid. I can't think of the name of it. Anyways, it was a sci-fi mm. show from like the 2010s and it, she did a phenomenal job in it. So it's, it's very cool that she's going to have a, a spot in the Marvel universe now looking forward to that. I love the uh, appearance of Mark Ruffalo in the, in the trailer doing the old uh, happy go lucky smart Hulk, uh, you know, where, where he's all happy that something works. And then, it, you know, of course, you know, uh, uh, there, there's some kind of chaos happening in the background, always smiling stupidly. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it, 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 it looks good. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, they also announced Loki season two will be going into production in a, in uh, a few nice. weeks, uh, as well as they brought out uh, Nick Fury, a.k.a. Samuel Jackson, uh, on stage to tease the secret invasion show that will be coming. And he just uh, and cussed everybody in the audience out for like 10 straight minutes. That's right. Oh, wait, that's no, right. I'm sorry. That was that's Jim Coronet's press conference. <laughs> I'm, I get those. I get so confused. <laughs> Where's my damn dominoes, boy? <laughs> and, and a sprite. <laughs> and a sprite. Uh, and then finally, uh, fi- and, and then uh, Kevin Feige also revealed too that uh, as far as the most viewed Marvel studio show on Disney Plus so far, it is Loki, which I found very interesting because uh, Loki is probably you know kind of up there as being one of the more out there series, uh, more so than I think mm. Mo- uh, Moon Knight was, but. Um, uh, but yeah, so so Loki is probably uh, considered one of the more successful shows now since it is the most viewed. Uh, but it is coming. Uh, season two will start uh, going into production, and uh, I, th- I believe would I guess on that kind of schedule wouldn't be out till twenty twenty three. I would assume yes. I would yeah. There's no way they're finishing it this. I mean they'll they'll yeah. shoot it this year for certain. Yeah. But there's no way that with with all the effects and everything else that has to happen in post, no way we're getting that before 2023. And so what we got She-Hulk, Miss Marvel and is Secret War, Secret Invasion. That's a that's a plus show, right? Yeah, it's going to be a plus show. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not getting Loki season two until after all that. And then you got to figure in when WandaVision season two is happening. You you, you think it's going to be WandaVision season two? Yeah, I think so. Hang on a second. Is Patrick calling you? Oh, yes. Yeah, no, we were talking about shows. Thank you. Sorry, a member of our junior division was waving at me, and since uh, <laughs> since everyone in my house is sick, I couldn't tell if, if I needed to take someone to the emergency room or if I was just getting a good night. So I wasn't sure what was going on. <laughs> ah, I see. I see. It's life in the plague ward over here. Oh, so, gosh. Yeah. Yes, anyway, this is no. free range idiocy outbreak edition, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. COVID mania is running wild in, in both of our neighborhoods, although both Let me of tell us you still brother. something, you know, somewhat unaffected. And I'm going to knock on wood right now. But yeah. yeah. So that, no, yeah. that all sounds really, really cool. You know, one thing I will say, though, here's mm. where Marvel is kind of missing the boat on some of this stuff. And by extension, Disney. They need to they they need to address the fact that the Disney Plus app needs to have a news section. Mm. 
because and it, I don't think that this is necessary for most um, most apps. Uh, I think for some, maybe uh, it would be a little more more kind of content producers rather than just like, hey, we have a channel, so therefore here's everything, you know, like. Right. But I think right. for for something like, especially Marvel or Star Wars or some of those, um, some of those uh, different aspects of the plus when they have all these press conferences and stuff like actually trying to track down that stuff can be a real pain in the neck. Like yeah. if I actually want to watch some of this stuff, it's a pain in the neck for me to actually track any of that down. And I think it'd be really, I think fans would like to find that stuff. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else, agree. just to be able to have a place where trailers are readily available in an easy to find place on the mm-hmm. app would be really nice rather than having to go to YouTube. And then you, you know, then you find like the 18 fake trailers, which is, so much fun um but it'd be nice to be able to you know to find like the official trailers on the app and 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 just have them in a readily accessible place because i mean they're going to have to start renovating this anyways because they're already throwing espn content onto the plus and that is a pain in the rear end to try and find once it disappears from like the front page Mm. because there's no espn section there's no sports section you so you have to kind of know what it's called yeah. Anyways, I, I I'm all for all that stuff. I would really like it if they, you know, if we get a new release of the the Plus app that kind of updated some of this stuff. I think that'd yep. be that'd be kind of nice. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right, we move on from Feige being the man to Kathleen Kennedy being the lady. Uh, she uh, kind of on the flip because side from Marvel, we have a Star Wars report. And the time is right. Oh, there yes, we go. it's Lady Stein. Oh, 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 wait, I'm sorry. I'm talking about something. <laughs> I, Good Lord. Just a little cool <sighs> in the gang. Just hit me and I was, I, oh. Uncle Todd's got a fever and it's not COVID. <laughs> I hope the hell not. Actually, I'm probably going to have a fever because uh, let me just set the scene for you. Because, <laughs> you know, I, at, a, at my previous abode, my office was downstairs and I'd have to close the windows and the door and I would start sweating like crazy. <laughs> well, now I'm out on my I'm out on my porch ah. and I've this would normally be really nice because I would have like a nice cross breeze from a bunch of windows. But I've got most of them like closed almost all the way so that my neighbors don't have to hear me rant and rave because I live in a, a fairly quiet neighborhood at the moment. Mm. So I might I might start sweating and pass out by the end of this show just to give you a, a warning. All right. Well, if 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 we hear the old thump 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 thump, we'll we'll know what happened. So yeah, just just kick her home without me, and you know, absolutely wish me well. Absolutely. So Kathleen Kennedy uh, recently gave a Star Wars update on uh, new content coming out. Uh, Really, the rundown looks like this. Uh, Taika Waititi's film uh, will probably be the next big big screen uh, outing for the Star Wars franchise. Uh, And that looks uh, to be targeted for, I believe, uh, they were saying 2023. Um, Are they saying what what this like what that's about? Like, is there any hint? uh, No. All right, fair enough. I'm, I mean, the thing is, I'm in a, for that. What's that? I mean, I'm in for that. What, whatever it is, I'm in for it because so far, Taika has not really steered me wrong. No, no, he's he's uh, he's probably going to give us something that's that's a a little bit off the beaten path as we've seen, but will be uh, you know probably worth it nonetheless. Watch it! Watch uh, it be the most straight-laced, button-down thing ever. Just as a swerve, <laughs> it would be great. Like the most serious, dramatic movie without a chuckle to be found. No, 
No, I don't oh know. I don't gosh. know that it would happen, really. Uh, the uh, so the next update was uh, Patty Jenkins' Rogue, uh, Rogue Squadron is in the works, but is much further behind than uh, Taika's film. So uh, again, that is why uh, his film will most likely be next on the big screen. I, I should correct something. Uh, there is not a date given here. There's not a year given. I'm assuming 2023. So 2023, 2024. Taika Waititi's movies coming out. Uh, Rogue Squadron, a little bit further off, so do your own math on that one. Uh, Reen Johnson's trilogy, that's sideline. Thank you. And uh, Feige. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, it's sideline completely? like Sideline completely because he is unbelievably busy with Knives Out and, a, and the deal he's made with Netflix for multiple movies, which tells me that that is probably not going to happen in the near decade. Yeah, that's right. Because he got us, he got a deal from Netflix for like Knives Out two and three, I believe. Yes, and I think Daniel Craig was like all about doing more of those. Like, oh, yes, if, if you saw Knives Let Out, you know my, why? You know. Well, why. the thing is, here's the weird thing. I I was loving Knives Out, and me and the wife were watching it. We got about halfway through, and and I don't remember what happened. Either we were really tired, or or we we had to go somewhere or do something, and so we never picked it back up. And so I have not oh. yet finished it. But oh my gosh, Daniel Craig with his foghorn leghorn, like <laughs> way over the top accent. Oh, I say, was, <laughs> I do de- I say, I, I say, I do declare. I mean, is oh, it's awesome. I Fantastic. love it. Fantastic! Like I could, I could watch ten of those movies. Like I'm oh, all in, all nice. in. So I mean, nice. if that's what Rian Johnson is doing, I guess I'll wait. Yep. Well, and yeah, we'll just have to wait for whatever that trilogy was supposed to be, if it happens at all. Even, uh, and I then, mean, ironically, even though uh, that was that was like the most interesting Star Wars movie in quite a long time, I I will still wait. It was. It was. It was. And then ironically, from our first story, Kevin Feige is also rumored to have a movie, a Star Wars movie that will be uh, in motion at some point. But she confirmed that that is not in the works at this time. So nothing from uh, the mighty Feige on the Star Wars front. Uh, but mm-hmm. she did confirm for 2022-2023 the slate of shows on the plus are going to be, as we know, and as we were talking about tonight, Kenobi, of course, uh, Mando yep. Season 3, which we're excited for, the Ahsoka series, and then, of course, the Acolyte will follow after Ahsoka. So uh, that probably acolyte? in 2023. What's the Acolyte? Uh, we don't know yet. It is supposed to be set about 100 years prior to the Star Wars movies. And that's an, so that's something I read recently. It's interesting. It's a hundred years because, uh, one of the leading theories was that it was going to be the story of, um, how Palpatine be Palpatine being the acolyte became the Sith apprentice of, uh, Darth Plagueis. And then kind of his, rise to where he became you know kind of the senator and then ultimately the emperor um was the original thought but where it's a hundred years out that can't be right if you do the math so um i'm not entirely sure i don't know if it's someone who's kind of laying the path for what palpatine will be um if it's Plagueis himself uh or 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 what that would be because the 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 idea being that that the whole story he tells in revenge of the sith about darth Plagueis was in fact his master and he was the apprentice who killed him um so the thought is the acolyte is really that but don't really know at this point no confirmation at this time Oh, you know what I bet it is? 
Here's what here's the it? opening of the entire show. You get the you get the Jedi robe, uh-huh. you know, kind of the the brownish blackish, you know, uh-huh. robe, but it's all tattered, very dusty. Ooh. You know, like a, like kind of a a rough hewn sort of thing, like not quite mm-hmm. you know, the the nice ones that we see later on, probably made of polyester and rayon that sort of thing. Like this is definitely like wool kind of blend. And uh <laughs> You go into an awful lot of detail to, about the fabric, my friend. Jeez, Louise. Get, I don't know. I just I kind of went it. there. I, so walking across a sandy, sandy, rocky terrain, comes to this doorway. A hand reaches out, knocks on the door, mm-hmm. opens the door, mm-hmm. and there, beneath a single light, is Ron Simmons. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, he he was an acolyte. <laughs> Tell me you wouldn't watch that. Bump, 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 bump. Oh, that that music was phenomenal back in the day, man. When when that music oh. hit, you, you knew some heads were getting rocked. I, you know what I mean? Oh. I just, I just, that was one of my favorite gimmicks because you could just tell those guys were just like loving life. Like, so you want us to sit here, smoke cigars, mm-hmm. drink beer, mm-hmm. and just hang out and then do funny stuff and then just beat the living crap out of people? And we still had, get paid, right? Had, had to have okay. been the best job ever. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, I can, you, those guys, you could, and the thing is, you could tell those guys were having fun. You could tell. Oh, I bet. That, oh, yeah. I bet the other. I bet the other wrestlers were like fighting to be included in those vignettes. You know, like can't I do something with yeah. the acolytes? I don't care there, if I have there to was get something beat. I, well, I do Twitter, care if I get beat up. There was something I saw on Twitter today that it was I forget how many years ago, but it was something about Chris Jericho defeating Triple H on SmackDown to win the WWF Championship. Um, you know, back then. So I, I was watching the clip and so he pins them and it was, you know, through, through shenanigans and Jericho rolls out of the ring and he's running up the ramp with the belt and the accolade, I think Jericho had secured the, the services of, of the APA. And so they're, there blocking triple H who's trying to get to Jericho. And it was just hysterical. Like Simmons and Layfield just laying shoulders into him. Like, no, you're, you're not passing, sir. You shall yep. not pass. Is yeah. What happened oh, there. It so, so it was great. hysterical. I, I, that was such a great gimmick and, and used well where, you know, whether it was a face or a heel paying the money to get the boys down there and, and, and do some security and roughing up. So got to love it. Or better yet, when, when someone would walk around the door, <laughs> like even, even the rock would walk around the door and they're like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? <laughs> You're killing the gimmick. You're killing it. Oh, it's great. It was great. Oh, fantastic. Anyways, what, what were we talking about again? <laughs> Somehow we were oh, talking about Star That's Wars. Right. Uh, and that, that led right. us down the, the rabbit hole of WWE. So uh, really, that kind of sums everything up. Uh, Star Wars new content, for the most part, will be on the small screen through the Plus. And Taika Waititi's uh, film uh, will be the next big screen adventure uh, in 2023 or 2024. Uh, so that is that item. Uh, our next item is actually kind of revisiting our Dr. Strange Reeler jabroni because, uh, you know, once again, Uncle, uh, not Uncle Todd, sorry, the man they call Tim fell for this hook, line, and sinker. Uh, but the writer of uh, one of the writers for Dr. Strange 
Michael Waldron confirmed that the Tom Cruise as Tony Stark uh, rumor that was rolling around is suspect. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. the rumor was made up. Uh, he he said he loved the idea of Tom Cruise as Tony Stark, but there was never actually anything material that happened with that. There is nothing on the cutting room floor of Cruise as Stark. It was an idea. That is all. And he said any rumors about it were were pure pure fiction uh, because they filmed nothing with Mr. Cruz. So uh, once again, uh, the man they call Tim loses the real and the jabroni because he does not know how to discern fact from fiction. So there we have it. Well, the thing is, that's one of those things that it almost... It almost smelled to me like it was a theory that would have been cooked up by someone at Marvel to throw mm. people off, like yeah. give them something to talk about. You know, it reminds me of a, you know, there was a, there was an interview with uh with Hunter S. Thompson. I mean, gosh, back in the seventies, where he's talking about, you know, this this uh there was a rumor going around that this candidate was on. I forget, was it Humphrey. Gosh, I can't remember now. I can't. I think it might have been Hubert Humphrey, but mm-hmm. that he was on this. Uh, that he was on this drug, ibogaine, mm-hmm. and and they're like, well, you know, well, how did you hear that rumor? He's like, oh, well, well I started it. <laughs> and, he, oh, and he was just he was just kind of riffing, and then he realized like people were writing it down, <laughs> like they oh, took it and they Lord. ran with it. And it was just something he was riffing on, and he's like, oh, okay, well, that's a thing now. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's funny. But it, you know, stuff like that. It makes me wonder, like, why wouldn't you, if you were Marvel, like, just mm-hmm. seed out every so often? Like, you don't want to get too, too, you know, too big with it. But every so often, just throw it. Like, hey, you know what? I heard that there might be. Blah, 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 Watch blah, what happens. You know, and it's like and then throwing that gives- a stone in a pond and watching the way, you know, the ripples. Yeah, which is another reason why no one will ever let me be a studio executive or a producer or anything like that because I would be doing <laughs> I would be doing stuff like that constantly just to amuse myself. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, well, I uh, once I read that and I saw yeah there there was never anything filmed and it was pure purely a rumor. I uh, it was a false rumor. I'm like oh my gosh! Once again, fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Yes, All right, did. and you got unst. I did, I did. And this time it was Tony Stank, so it it, it stank me out. Uh, uh, finally, uh, news today. Uh, if we're timely, if we're nothing else here at Free Range DC, uh, we can geek. Uh, usually, Colin, it's nothing else. <laughs> Colin Cantwell uh, died at the age of ninety uh, Saturday in Colorado. He is the man who designed and created the prototypes of what would be the X-Wing, Star Destroyer, TIE Fighter, Death Star, and other ships that we saw in Episode 4, A New Hope. So his legacy is introducing an entire line of starships that have captured the imagination, inspired uh, fans around the world who, who went into aerospace technology to only find that they can't quite design ships the way that they behave in those movies. <laughs> Not really, no. <laughs> Not so but, much. But fascinatingly enough, when I, as I was reading the article, uh, worked at NASA and the uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratory. So hmm. uh, there, there is some grounding, I guess, to the designs he came up with. And uh, Mr. Cantwell apparently also uh, was feeding Walter Cronkite updates on the moon landing in 1969. So this guy really? has led a very, very interesting life, I believe. That's some cool stuff right there. 
and designed and uh you know uncle todd and i were chatting in our pre-pre-production meeting um just how fascinating uh, this sort of stuff is to me because, you know, you think about these designs, you know, the Death Star, the Millennium Falcon, you know, how do you know this stuff is going to stick the way that it does? You know what I mean? Like, like who, who yeah. knows that that stuff is going to resonate with people? Uh, apparently this guy did because he designed it all. So uh, very, just, just very fascinating uh, aspect of, of these movies that, that I enjoy. It's trying to understand some of the history behind how these people came up with this stuff, you know, like some of the lore behind like the Boba Fett character and, and, you know, how he started out as like a, a thing in a parade and it just kind of, you know, the, the mystique just kind of grew over time and turned mm. into this thing that we all, you know, those of us from the eighties just became kind of, of, you know, enamored with as this, you know, kind of mystery character. And so, uh, so it's just, it's just interesting to kind of see, you know, how, uh, or, or just hear about someone like this who had such an impact, you know, on, on pop culture through these movies and, and just, just through his designs and through his uh, prototyping. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yes, indeed. Rest in peace, Colin. Indeed. And that, my friends, is the Weekend Geek. And a reasonably sized Weekend Geek. My goodness. Oh, I was that trying was to like move a... it along. You were trying to take us off on all the different paths, but I was moving it forward, baby. I was carrying I the ball. You... I was moving it. I was like Thurman Thomas, you know, pounding Ooh, through the line. Man, you know, watching, uh, I was rewatching Four Falls of Buffalo. Yeah, you know, months ago, and I think it was one of my weekend geek, uh, not weekend geeks, uh, and another things. But mm. oh my gosh, it's it's easy to forget just like how scary good Thurman Thomas was. Oh yeah, in his day. Oh, and yeah. that if he had if he had played like another 10, 12 years, you know, in the future, with with the advances in sports medicine and training and all that. I mean, he didn't have that long of a career. Like he, he had a, a tremendous peak and was incredibly dangerous. But he could have, like, looking at how long some players have managed to play in their careers, just with the way that you know things have advanced in the past 20, 25 years. Man, can you imagine another three, four years of Thurman Thomas just oh yeah wreaking havoc in the AFC East? I mean, oh my gosh, he was frighteningly good. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as, as folks have, uh, th- those who have listened for a long time know, we, we are, uh, you know, Patriot fans at heart. However, uh, respect to the Bills organization, I, I think people forget, you know, with, with the, you know, the four Super Bowl losses, the fact that that team was, was a powerhouse. You know, I mean, they, they, they went to the dance that many times for a reason. And, uh, and he was a big part of that. And, and they, you know, with him and Kelly and Don Beebe and just, oh, my gosh, the weapons they had. I mean, they, they were just they, they were forced to be reckoned with, man. They were forced to be oh, reckoned yeah. with. Oh, totally. I mean, so just just and we won't go too far into this. Let me let me see here. Um, <laughs> oh, he's going down the other, the rabbit hole now, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you've got it. He was a he's a 1991 MV, NFL MVP, five Pro Bowls. Um <sighs> Where's his, uh, he is 16th overall in career rushing yards, 43rd in rushing TDs. Some of that is kind of like, I would have thought he'd be closer. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, wow, actually, yeah. So, I mean, these stats, I mean, but granted, you have to look at some of this with a grain of salt because, again, he played how many years? 12 years. 
the last one in Miami. Anyone remember that one? I don't. Good Lord. Yeah, nine games, no starts. Yeah, that was not his finest hour. The last couple of years in in Buffalo were not good. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, he was back in the early, like late 80s, early 90s. That dude was frightening, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. just absolutely frightening. Yeah. Especially as a Patriots fan, because I mean, there was there was no way that the Patriots in the early '90s were going to stop him. None, none whatsoever. You're just like, oh dear God, just let him not go for 200 on us, please. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was about all you were going to get. And Anyways, looking up oh. real quick, one 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 more thing. Uh, this is a deep cut. Uh, let's see. We're doing deep cuts now. Really? Are you going to? Oh, are you going to have a mixtape? Uh, Thurman Thomas. Okay, uh, if, if you were a fan of Nintendo back in the day, uh, there was mm-hmm. a game called Tecmo Super Bowl, and there was a game called Tecmo, or sorry, Tecmo Bowl, and then the the sequel to it was Tecmo Super Bowl. Yeah, and Thurman Thomas, along with Bo Jackson, uh, mm-hmm. were two of the deadliest running backs that you could use in that game. Um, you know, not the most precise when you when you know precise game when you consider what we have today with Madden and so forth. But uh, it was hysterical to use those two because they would just like toss. Basically, you'd have defenders encroach upon them, and then they would literally just go flying through the air. You know what I mean? Like it was like that yeah. was the kind of rating they had because in reality they were that good. So uh, yeah. I, I I wanted to double check that one before I said it, but yeah, Tecmo, uh, sorry, Thurman Thomas, Tecmo Super Bowl. Uh, if you still have that game pop it in because he he was phenomenal at it so and it and the both in the afc version of that game which is who in the nfc was going to compete with that oh, at yeah. that time yeah you know yep oh hey well thank you sir for all that digging in the weekend geek and uh now we are going yes, to sir. get to the main events which is Ladies all the interweb rumors are you going to do the Michael Buffer thing? Because you know no, we're going to get I, sued. I, I was being silly and doing it. No, no more ballet. Okay. Please, please go ahead. Well, no, because I was going to say he sues people for that. Like you, he, <laughs> that whole delivery is trademarked. Yeah, we'll just we'll just throw it all uh, Patrick's way. Yeah, that's going to work. Anyways, uh, so we are going to go through all the interweb rumors surrounding Kenobi and uh, determine which is the real, which is the jabroni, what's going to happen, what isn't. And quite honestly, if you put money on any of our predictions, you're (sighs) caveat emptor, baby, uh, because we are idiots. So Uh, I will just say exhibit A uh, to to the grand jury, Uh, the Bengals. Uh, Super Bowl run and and pick that 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 we made this past January as evidence of our uh, phenomenal well, ability to pick a winner. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. I mean, did any of us? Did, I mean, because I didn't watch a damn thing of of football this year. I've I've I know. made my opinions of the NFL well known, so I had no no frame of reference for that. And then how much football did you really watch? And did you watch anything to do with the, with the Bengals? Oh, nothing with the Bengals. I mean, I I was oh, see, there you go. so surprised that they even made it. But my rule is when my team does not make it, I go with the the most underdog kind of team that you know, the team that hasn't been there, the team that hasn't, you know, won in a long time. Um usually there's there's one of the two has that kind of history there and I usually try to throw throw my 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 free range idiocy weight behind that one, and in this case, it was the Bengals. I wanted to see them uh, 
win and and win big against LA. And unfortunately, uh, it was a complete repeat of the San Francisco game from '89. <laughs> so, yeah, there you have it. Yeah, we kind of we kind of put the hex on them. Oh, we but did. anyways, we did. That's just our way of saying, don't take any of these predictions to the bank. Don't even take them to your ATM. Don't even no, no. take them to your mailbox, quite honestly, because no, no. who no, knows? No. But as far as we're concerned, like this is this stuff is a lead pipe cinch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyways, uh, you've got some sources for these rumors, which I'll let you get through. However, one thing I want, I'm going to put you on the spot here, sir, because yes, we, we just... Uh, not that long ago, did our real and jabroni returns from Doctor Strange 2 Electric Boogaloo. Indeed. And uh, for the first time ever, we came out in a tie. Stalemate. Stalemate. A, a standoff, if you will. Um, so an idea I had. Yes, sir. How would you feel about Double or Nothing on this one? Oh, sure. You're going to tell me that now that I, I went ahead and I made all these picks when I was uh, not in the best frame of mind and just said, screw it. I'm just going to go with where the heart takes me. And I'm just going to I don't care if it's going to be real or not. I'm just going to put what I want. You're going to go double that's what nothing. you did anyways. That's what uh, I do. I, I, I did. Doc- <laughs> hey, I played Doctor Strange smart and I at least tied you and didn't lose. So there, there was something there this time. I Yes. But if you'd gone with what the heart wants, then you uh, might have won. The heart wants what the heart wants. Uh, sure, we can go double or nothing. Let's do it. Should should have given it to the Marx Brothers. <laughs> Money, penny. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. It tells me that goose-stepping morons like yourself should be reading books instead of burning them. Instead of burning them. Um, <laughs> Got to put some stank on the burn. Well, no, he really did. He was kind of subtle on that one. That was. I don't know. A, I I felt he put. It was subtle stank. There was stank no, on it, but it was subtle. I'll have to go. I'll. <laughs> Okay, I'll I'll let you decide what that means. I don't know. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. I've known this man for over twenty years, and even I don't know what the hell he's talking about right now. So uh, let's. So we're doing double or nothing, ladies and gentlemen. This is exciting. If if not for you, it is for me because I might get two more bottles of bourbon out of this. So I'm just absolutely I'm tingly. I tell you right now, I'm tingly. Uncle Todd is looking to populate his shelf is what he's looking to do. Not only are my hackles in an uproar, they're doing the cha-cha right now. It's he's amazing. Looking to, he's looking to populate through the adjudication and the litigation of the uh, of the uh, results of Kenobi here. So let's see. Well, you know. Do you even have the spreadsheet open? I'm in the spreadsheet. I don't see you in it. I'm not. I like I told you. I, I oh, want to be able to. okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to. I'm. I, I like to be surprised. Like, do I need to type your responses in, or are you going to open it up and type them in yourself? Oh, my heavens. All of a sudden, now i got to do work for this? What the hell is wrong with you? I I will type them in. That is fine. I will type them in. I will will, will, Let me open it up. My goodness. I don't want you to be upset. Don't want to upset you. I'm not upset. I I just want to understand the logistics. Because you already you hit it like in in like a different folder and everything. It's Uh, in the folder called Real Jabroni. (laughs) I know, but it's just not where I normally go. Oh gosh, and used used Arial font. Oh, hate Arial. All right. Oh, there he is. <laughs> let's let's get this let's get this shindig rolling, shall we? So I gotta say, uh, but before we start, uh, sources, as Uncle Todd alluded to, um, th- this was actually a little bit more challenging than Doctor Strange because, uh, and and uh, th- this was. Um, this is something that Ewan McGregor referred to uh, last week in an interview where he, he complimented, uh, you know, 
Disney, the company overall, and just saying they, it, everyone's done a really good job of making sure things have stayed kind of quiet on the important stuff. So there hasn't been a lot of really juicy or good rumors out there. Um, found a couple mm. uh, through ScreenRant.com, which we typically uh, you know go to sometimes. Uh, another site called Looper.com. And then uh, just my brain. Uh, because, uh, this was actually, uh, to, to his credit, they've done a pretty good job of keeping a lot of stuff under wraps, um, you know, outside of the obvious, you know, thing that all fans are looking forward to, which is a, a, a well, for lack of a, well, let, let me put on my, my Vince McMahon hat. This is going to be, uh, Kenobi Vader two, uh, not electric boogaloo. Um, but they're, they're, it's they're time. Looking- that's right. It's not, oh wait, no, I'm sorry, wrong Vader. I'm All right. so confused with these things. Damn. Um, but everyone's looking forward to the to seeing this this second go around with Vader and with Kenobi. Mm. Uh, that 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 is, if you will, the main event. So, uh, with that being said, uh, these rumors may seem a bit pedestrian because uh, really, what what I did was looked at the prequel series going into Episode Four and tried to put together some things that. Uh, whether it's it's characters that may appear, whether it is potential storylines based on things we've seen in the past. Again, this is the beauty of the rumors, folks. Uh, I, you know, it could be totally wrong, could be almost right on the money. We'll find out. So with that being said, uh, mm-hmm. anything from you, sir, before we get started? Nothing. All Let's right. rip it. Grip so it as and rip we, it, baby. As we are wont to do, our first set of rumors uh, are going to be about uh, what we will see or may not see in, in the series. So we call this in or out. Uh, so we will run through these uh, characters and uh, adjudicate on whether they will be present or not in the series. So number one, my friend, uh, Darth Maul will be in the series real or jabroni. Um, actually, uh, <laughs> now no. the thought behind this was, that okay. um, basically, uh, because of the time frame this takes place in, Darth Maul uh, is uh, present. Um, I don't know if he's part of the, uh, oh gosh, what is it called? Crimson, oh, Crimson Dawn. Don't know if he's yet involved with that because, again, from the solo movie, we know he's part of that. Um, but does he cross paths with Kenobi in this series? He he does exist, and it could happen. You know what I mean. So so there is the possibility of it, uh, but whether it happens or not uh, is for Uncle Todd to uh, adjudicate. I'm a go jabroni. I I think it's just you you already know you're getting Vader, you're getting the Inquisitors. There's going to be some other folks here to t- to kind of knit Episode three to four, or at least kind of you know get us through that journey. Plus, you got to you got to introduce some new stuff like there's got to be a couple new characters. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when you're talking about, oh, well, you know, so and so is, you know, like Wolverine is going to be in Doctor Strange, too. Ah, really? Because you kind of need, you know, I yeah, actually wait go? a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. I kind of say that you need to give you know Darth Maul his his screen time. But George didn't really do that. So, I mean, I guess they could do that in the series. But mm-hmm. I like to think that now we have uh, a bit more of a sensical approach to things. I'm going to go jabroni. All right. All right. Makes sense. All right, number two. Now, this one's interesting. Um, so Boba Fett will be in the series. I'm waiting for your reaction before I say anything. Uh, jabroni. 
jabroni. Okay, here is how this is. Uh, for well, for I, I thought Uncle Todd would would call shenanigans on this, but um, he, here's how the 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 maths work out on this. Uh, Attack mm-hmm. of the Clones. Boba is about eight or nine years old, I believe, uh, and uh, Revenge of the Sith is about two to three years after that. So he would be 12 at that point. And then this movie takes place nine years, uh, I believe, or 10 years, sorry, after Revenge of the Sith. So he would be in his early 20s. So this would be Boba Fett as a bounty hunter early on. And one of the prevailing rumors is we would see him and Vader, uh, because as you saw in the trailer, they talk about getting bounty hunters on Kenobi as well, um, that we would see a very young Boba Fett early in his bounty hunting career. And uh, one of the prevailing theories is we would see the reason why in Empire Strikes Back, Vader says no disintegrations, because Fett is one of the ones that goes after Kenobi and may end up you know, disintegrating a few people here or there, much to Vader's chagrin. Now, obviously not Kenobi because he makes it to episode four, but uh, that is one of the theories behind this is that Fett uh, actually does have a bit of a role here as one of the parties who are trying to hunt down uh, one Obi-Wan Kenobi. Does that well, change your answer like, at all? Yeah, when you put it like that, I'll... <laughs> <laughs> He's going for the push, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, oh, oh, I didn't even give my pick for Darth Maul. I said Jabroni as well. I say the real for Boba Fett. Yeah, I'm going to go real because the more you, the more you, when I when you first said it, I'm like, nah. Again, the same thing with Darth Maul. Too cute, you know, too much. The way mm. you just put it, I'm now I'm rooting for it. I'm like, yes, I totally want to see <laughs> well, Bo- young Boba Fett disintegrate somebody, and I yes. want it to be like unintentional, so that he's like, oh wow, almost like um, <laughs> almost like in in Spider Man, uh, Homecoming. Yeah. And um and Michael Keaton's character there, yeah. you know, he's like, does this work? And then he goes and it, it just like turns the guy to ash. He's like, I thought that was the isn't that the zero gravity gun? Like, no. <laughs> oh, well, oh, well. I would love to see something like that. That would be great. OK, fine. That, you that, got that or he disintegrates someone and then looks around and says, I'm retiring to the sands of Tatooine. So anyway, yeah. Maybe right. he's he is now part of the three. Well, although and, he'd be younger, so be like he's now part of the sands of Tatooine. <laughs> they have to up his voice by an octave before oh his voice gosh. changed. Oh my gosh! <laughs> or maybe um, his maybe his voice is in the process of change. Would you love that? Like a mid puberty Boba Fett? Ah, the old Peter Brady routine, right? You know, eh, it's time to change. of Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, sir. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, and and one thing about this rumor is it doesn't carry a lot of of complexity to it. I mean, it wouldn't be hard to weave him in if it's about hunting this guy down. He doesn't have to have a lot of screen time. It's just it's a pop in, pop out kind of thing. It, it, It feels like they could do something like that. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I'll go with it. All right. Number three, Grand Moff Tarkin will be in the series. Real or Jabroni? I put Jabroni. Well, it raises the question of who is guiding Vader, because right. we saw we saw Tarkin. We know the Emperor is going to be there. We know that Tarkin was in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. However, and we know Tarkin, um, at least from the little bit I saw of the Bad Batch, Tarkin had a presence at least in the beginning of that season. So, yeah. 
I don't know that Tarkin has to be part of this because it feels like Vader is kind of the big bad and in command of the Inquisitors. So I don't know that we need to have Tarkin there. That That's my reasoning. You know, I'm going to go real. Oh, we have a difference, ladies and gentlemen. I think it'll be a bit part, but I, I think he might be in there. You're going to have to explain to me who the hell this next guy is because I, I got right. no so idea. So in Attack of the Clones... Uh, Obi-Wan takes a dart that was used to, um, I think it was the attack on Padme when she was sleeping. Um, there's a dart he takes to a friend of his who works at a diner. And that's, that friend's name is Dexter Jets, Jetser. He's the one who points him in the way of Camino, where he goes to that planet with all the ocean craziness and that's where the cloning is happening uh and so the idea being that because he's this kind of side friend of kenobi would you know since kenobi's going off world from tatooine to somewhere else would he you know go back to his friend to kind of suss out whatever the mystery is that is going on because this friend of his dexter seems to have a lot of knowledge of other races of other technologies and things like that so the so that that's really what's behind this is do we see a character introduced in attack of the clones come back again as part of kenobi's journey for whatever mission he's on that we're just not clear on yeah sure why not real all right. I don't, I don't know. All right. It's next one. Uh, and I did the reel as well on that because I, I think it'd be kind of a, a, a nice, you know, kind of nod back to the character. Um, number five, uh, young Ahsoka will be in the series. Now, this is specific in a flashback. So there is rumors that we are going to get some scenes with Hayden Christensen and, and uh, Ewan McGregor as, you know, live action Clone Wars era action uh so this is kind of playing off of that that we will see uh uh anakin uh before the vader turn uh and we will see his padawan ahsoka uh not most likely rosario dawson but someone younger uh playing that character Uh, i went the real on this okay hang on one second yes sir what Ah, yes. The pleasures of recording at home. Everything okay? All right. So, no, no. Yeah, it's all right. right. Uh, Daughter's just going to bed like an hour after she said she was going to go to bed. You know, I mean, because I'm like parent of the year. Um, You are, sir. You are. I'm leaving all this in, too, because I mean, Because you don't deal with the ballyhoo. (laughs) Actually, you you encourage the ballyhoo is what you do. There's plenty of ballyhoo around here. There's more (laughs) ballyhoo than I know what to do with. There's more ballyhoo around here than you can shake a stick at. There we go. There we go. That's a whole lot because you can shake a stick at a lot. You could. Um, You could. Yeah, I'll go real. I mean, I I think it'd be kind of cool. It would be actually kind of cool if it was a if somehow they could use the voice of the the mm. the actor who who voiced her in uh in Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Well, I mean, who knows? So yeah. yeah, it'd be cool. Why not? All right, number six. Young Leia will be in the series. 
This is kind of a key one because there's some other rumors around that that I touch on later on. But yes, young Leia will be in the series. Real or Jabroni? I mean, do we, do we know that young Luke is going to be in the series? Well, we've seen him in the trailer. I would imagine. Oh, we've yeah, seen him right. in the trailer. Jeez. I've watched so many trailers over the past couple of days that I'm I'm all right. I'm look, when you watch the Mission Impossible one today, that wasn't Luke Skywalker played by Tom Cruise. Do you understand? It wasn't. <laughs> I thought I saw a pod racer. The rumor um, was Tony Stank was played by Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh man! Again, I'm just so confused lately. <laughs> Uncle Todd's uh, confusing his franchises. It's 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 Daddy's cough medicine that just must it must be getting off, it must be going off at this point. He needs his um, double oaked. It's arriving on Thursday. Yeah, so I've heard. I I'll will. believe it when it I shows up. I have the UPS up. receipt to prove it. Okay. Um, uh, sure. Let's go real on that one. Why All not? Right. Very nice. Next. You All went right. real on that as well. I went real on that as well. And and I forgot to mention in the beginning, uh, we will be once again involving our junior division in this. We're just not going to read off their answers right now, uh, mainly because they haven't filled it out yet, even though we shared it with them. So True. Uh, I, although I need one to of them sure has been down with too. COVID, so we we give her a pass on that. All right. Uh, well, no, that's all the more reason why she should have been doing this. <laughs> and that's why you're parent of the year. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Show for daddy. Show for daddy. Oh, Anyways. Wow. Number seven, uh, Bale Organa, played by the uh, the amazing always effervescent Jimmy Smiths uh, will be in the series. And, well, and he of makes, course, does he make it to Rogue One? He is he? not in Rogue One, but he is in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Um, This is kind of tied to the young Leia rumor in a way. Yeah, Because he is the parent, the, you know, the step parent, if you will, of Leia. Adoptive. Fine, I'll go real. I went the real on this as well. Yeah, it makes way too much sense. And I, you know what? I'm just going to go real on all of them. Well, <laughs> he, no, but, but, here. but here's the thing. So, and, and and I'm suffering from the same thing. And this is why I kind of balked a little bit the double or nothing thing at first. But this rumor about Leia is very compelling because it is. It is a All right, story. What's the rumor? For heaven's sake, you keep on alluding to oh, this. Sorry. What is the rumor? I don't know. I'm not Coming inside up, your head. We'll talk about the the rumor in more depth, uh, or or adjudicate it. But what the rumor is is that Kenobi has to go off world because Leia is basically starting to show force like abilities, and that is what is drawing the Inquisitors. And so Kenobi is trying to, as much as he's trying to protect Luke is now having to run over to Alderaan, if you will, to basically somehow deactivate Leia. And and I say it that way because I'm wondering if they're going to explain why Leia doesn't understand that she has these abilities during episodes four and five. It's not until she understands she has a connection with Luke that she, in Return of the Jedi, when she starts to realize that she has this in her blood. And so, so we are we heading so the towards rumor like a, is basically the Kenobi's trying to protect Leia. Are we heading towards like some sort of like X-Men Dark Phoenix sort of storyline here where somehow he's going to use his Jedi mind powers to like sequester this her powers? 
or something like that. Kind so of, like the, like, of like uh, the MIB flashy thing or something. Kind, well, yeah, and like, and and I have a rumor later on about that about you know the fact that maybe he uses some force ability that we we haven't been exposed to yet to almost like blind her to what her ability is. You know what I mean? Oh, um, interesting. Because, and I say it's compelling because then it plays into what we've seen in the trailer with what the inquisitors are talking about. The, the trailer is kind of leading us down the path thinking that Kenobi's trying to help other Jedi who are hiding. I don't think he's trying to help other Jedi who are hiding. I think what he's trying to do is protect Leia because she you know, is on a been great. So this is set like 10 was so the kids years. Leia and Luke are going to be like 10 years old, right? Basically. Yep. Okay. What would have been fantastic is if we t- if we took this in a totally different way and like went total like 1980s like adventures in babysitting except it's in space with Jedi. Oh good lord! Tell me you wouldn't watch that. That'd be a I'd good watch fun it. One. <laughs> it's got to say this is an Uncle Todd joint. That's what it's got to say in the beginning of it, though. That's all right. I'll, I'll take ten percent. I'm not. I'm not too prideful. I'll, I'll take his three fifty. You bet you, you bet your you bet your bippy I will. All right, Love where were we him. here? Damn are... monster. All right. Uh number eight. Obi-Wan will commune with Qui-Gon or Yoda. Okay, this is a this is a real because I mean you got you got two of them there. So I mean, right. yeah. It's good. Right. Yeah, that's easy. Right. That's like fish in the barrel. Number or nine womp rat womp rat in the in the We will see a womp rat in the oh, sands of Tatooine. I don't know, what the hell is a womp rat? Well, that's the thing. We keep hearing about it, but we've never seen it. So I'm wondering if they're just going to have like a throwaway scene where you see a womp rat and then you see young Luke, like, take him out. That'd be great. And then like fry it and eat it. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> dinner. Actually, it'd be even better if it was like Yoda. Yoda's <laughs> like... Lord. And then it ties into Grogu, always wanting the frogs, and you see the womp rat, and he's like, oh. Oh, oh and he's, by the way, you know, Yoda's I'm sorry. species just likes to eat varmints. <sighs> That's what it is. Good Lord. So I went jabroni on this one. By the way, I went the real on the prior <laughs> two. So I, I went real on Bail Organa. I went real on Obi-Wan will commune with Qui-Gon or Yoda. Jabroni on the womp rat. What say you, sir? I'm going real on the womp rat. I want to he see want, me a womp rat. Uncle Todd wants to see the womp rat. All this right. entire thing is riding on on Moff Tarkin and womp rat so far. <laughs> <laughs> and you know well, what? I'd have it no other way. If you got to hang your hat on something, I suppose that's the thing. Um, number ten. Well, I mean, the thing is, if you hang your hat on a womp rat, who knows where the hell it's going to be? I mean, I, that's I, they kind of sound like they scurry a little bit. Fair enough. Fair enough. Number 10, uh, clones Rex or Cody will be in the series. So we're talking about Commander Rex and Commander Cody. Cody, one time being partnered with uh, uh, with Obi-Wan uh, in Revenge of the Sith on one of their missions. Uh, so I, th- I think it would be interesting for Tamura Morrison to make an appearance as one of the clones uh, and, uh, and, and be a part of uh, the action that happens here. So what say you, sir? I went the real on this. My my heart wants to say yes because I like those characters, but I mean, what we're dealing with like what five or six shows here? Mm-hmm. Man, that's a lot to pack in. I mean, we've already got a got this whole Leia subplot and everything else. Um, but the heart wants what the heart wants. I'll the go heart real. Wants what the heart wants, indeed. I love that's how that's just become our now. Just ah, what the hell? Expression. Sean Connery is is the hidden sponsor of 
It just from, sounds much much more classy. From the beyond. <laughs> yeah. Did I ever Junior. tell you about the did I ever tell you about the guy the the two writers who ended up working with Sean Connery and this guy has this entire story about how they spent like a couple of days working over a script with Sean Connery. And No, no. Oh my gosh, it was it was great. Uh, I'll see if I can find that video. That would be great if I could. If I could, let me note that down and see if I can get it for the show notes. But I, if I if I find it, I will include it in the show notes. I don't want to spoil anything, though. Fair enough. Number eleven in the trailer, we see Uncle Owen. But the rumor here for number eleven is Aunt Baru will be in the series, real or jabroni. I went jabroni. Why would you go jabroni? just because you see Uncle Owen doesn't mean you're going to see Aunt Baru. What is Kenobi going to do? Walk up to the house and say, hello. Well, hello there. I have the higher ground. (laughs) Maybe he's been like making a pass at Aunt Baru. Oh, good Lord. Will you stop? Back before, you know, getting all withered and stuff from being out. Go all Bobby the Brain Heenan, don't you? Maybe maybe he was trying to put a move on her. You know, Ben's been out there in the desert all by himself. (laughs) You know? Because, uh, you know, it gets lonely out there on the sands. <laughs> <between. laughs> Good God. All right. I, went I mean, just, just, ask, uh, just ask Boba. Yeah. Well, he, he knows. He knows. On the sands of Tatooine. What say you, sir? Um, so what? You went, you went jabroni. I so went you're, jabroni. You're, you're anti-Baru. I'm going real. All right. All right. Next. All right, number 12. Here's where it gets good. The Emperor will be in the series. I real. went to real I on mean, this. Yeah, he's got to be, right? He's Well, he's he's one of the, uh, you know, he, he's one of your main vendors. You got to have him, you know, make an appearance to pop the crowd, right? I would think. I mean, yeah. He's standard wrestling logic. That would only make sense. It's going to be like Steve Austin. Not not this WrestleMania, but a few a few back where he just came out in the little four-wheeler and then mm-hmm. took off again. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. That's, that's what it. he's gonna do. The Palpatine on a four on an ATV, <laughs> <laughs> going over a sand dune, <laughs> and then and then as he rides by the camera, you hear the cackling <laughs> or whatever it is he does. Oh my god! Roll gosh. it again. Roll it again. That's right. All right, number thirteen. The Death Star will be a setting in the series. So if you remember the end of Revenge of the Sith, the Death Star is beginning construction. This is 10 years later. So there is some semblance of a space station most likely constructed. Not operational, though. Well, I mean, it all depends. If it's anything like the construction around here in Maine, I mean, that sucker might still be at, you know, step one. Um, Jeez. The local I'm Union just 404 saying. thanks you for the, your faith in them. There's there is there's a project going like three towns over that has been going since last August and they still have not buttoned that mother up. And I'm just like, what is going on here? I have a work colleague who now lives in Dallas, Texas, who used to live in Chicago, and he perfectly sums up Chicago seasons. He says there's there's two seasons in in, in Chicago. There's winter and there's construction. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's only but like three seasons in Texas. There's there's hot, yes. so hot that then the electricity goes out, 
and then there's oh no, this four. Then there's cold, and then there's so cold that the electricity goes out. Indeed. So there's your options, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I don't know. I'll take road construction and winter over over. Are we going to have electricity today? I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to go real. I yeah. went the real as well. I went the real on uh, the emperor as well, if I didn't say that already. I mean, Tarkin's got to be hanging out somewhere. Indeed. Uh, now, interestingly enough, number 14, I uh, threw this one in there because it is uh, fitting within the time frame. Grogu will be in this series. We will no, see that's a- Grogu. That's a big jabroni. That's right. that is that is getting way too cute. That's uh, too much uh, shenanigans. Yeah. Well, yeah. You just got it. You can't have everything everywhere all the time. Well, then again, that wasn't that the title of the movie. That was just Tom <laughs> Michelle Yeoh. Ballyhoo. No, the everything all at once or something like that. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Which I have not seen, but I've heard is absolutely fantastic. I've heard the so. same thing. I would like to see it. Yeah. Same. All right, that ends our in and in or out section. We're now uh, in and the section. And you went jabroni on Grogu as well, though, right? I I went jabroni on Grogu as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Our next section is ooh wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? All right. This is a, a little bit more about the plot. Okay. Number fifteen. Obi Wan leaves Tatooine to help an endangered young Leia. I went well, the real. Yeah, um, we're in, in for a penny, in for a pound on this one you already. You and I so. are anchored on this Leia thing. If, if Leia has nothing to do with this series, this entire real of jabroni is going down like the Titanic. Good well, Lord. Well, it doesn't matter. I, I mean, I don't care if we're, as long as we're both wrong equally, it's fine. I mean, my right. my entire, my big thing, I've got two bottles of bourbons. I got a bottle of bourbon riding on Moff Tarkin and a bottle of bourbon riding on Womp Rats right now. Right. I don't know about you. I'm My sphincter is puckered up like a snare drum right now. It's and, and, a little and nervous just let, about this. Just to let our listening audience know, I had no knowledge of the double or nothing stipulation prior to making my picks. I made my picks in a fit of, uh, of, of anger, of 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 distraught, uh, <laughs> due due to due to situations that transpired over the weekend. What the hell's so going on? I, like, I I I'm just letting everyone know I made these picks in advance, knowing that there'd be two bottles oh of bourbon gosh. on the line. Why don't you just throw in a heretofore and a consequently, and then we'll be just done with it? Yes, suspect. All right, number sixteen. Uh, we again uh, continue to expound upon the Leia subplot. Young Leia begins tapping into the Force, unknowingly drawing the Inquisitors to her. So this is the yeah. idea that she is not really, you know, consciously trying to do this, but she's starting to realize there's some thing going on with her. There's 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 power she can can unleash, and the mere act of doing it is drawing the Inquisitors to her. Hence. The man, the knight on 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 the white shining steed, one Obi Wan Kenobi coming to her rescue. What say you, sir? There's a white shining steed, isn't he? I don't isn't know. he riding I... one of those uh, sand people? Th- what is it? The um, the bantha. <laughs> so you're riding like the least the least practical uh, if, transport if he's the in the It's going to take him 15 years to get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Move about ten feet in about a day. <laughs> it's like my gosh, this is snuffleupagus with horns. I mean, what the hell is this thing? 
It's a Jim Henson special. Oh. It moves like Snuffleupagus with a hernia. <laughs> what the hell All is right. going on here? I went the um, real on this one. What did you say, sir? I'm going the real as well. All right. Yeah, All right. I'm. All right. We're we're knee deep in this in this Leia conspiracy <laughs> theory. We are bought into Leia hook, line, and sinker. So this is going to be an interesting show when we uh, go through what actually happened. I'm going to need right, hip waiters by the time this is done. Oh my God! Number seventeen, the Inquisitors are hunting mm. down all remaining Jedi, real or well, jabroni. I mean, yeah, that is that's their job, isn't it? Real. Well, okay, so contrast that with number. Okay, so you're going to say the real on this one. Number yes. eighteen, the Inquisitors are hunting only Kenobi. That's the distinction. Like, are the Inquisitors primarily focused on Kenobi, or are they truly hunting down all remaining Jedi? Well, here's oh, so we're just talking for we're speaking only in the context of the show for this, right? Because I mean, it's kind of established like they're going around looking for any Jedi. Yes, I'm Um, saying within the context of the show. Yes, I said jabroni did this. I agree with your uh, prior statement that they are in fact just hunting all Jedi. Kenobi may happen to be the 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 you know top prize that they're going after, but they are in theory hunting all Jedi. Well, I'm going to have my cake and eat it too here, and I'll explain to you how. Uh, because right. quite because once again, if you can't if you can't eat the cake, what's the point of having the cake? That's just my theory. <laughs> I I get the I cake. The I'm frosting. eating that mother. Um, well, no, that that qualifies as part of the cake. You, all right, all right. You know, um, so I think that they are primarily and maybe almost exclusively going to be hunting Kenobi in the series. However, I think that you're going to have some scene of them taking out a Jedi. To kind of I set see. them up. You know what I mean? Like there yes. will be that just to establish like, oh, they're bad dudes, mm-hmm. you know, because people who have watched Rebels or the Inquisitors were in Clone Wars, weren't they? I thought so. At any rate, I mean, they're at least in one of those shows. And so there's going to be a certain amount of people who understand, but they haven't been in any of the movies and they're not they're not ex- exactly like extensively well known or anything like that. So you're gonna have to have a little bit of an explanation of like, okay, mm-hmm. who are these dudes? Um, that's so I think that I think that they will be ex- almost exclusively hunting him, but there will be some sort of setup. Like even if it's a, a like pulling a lightsaber out of like a crispy you know Jedi, be like, eh, got another one. Oh, right. what we're supposed to go get this Obi Wan dude? All right. All right. So that, you know, that's not an exact quote, mind you. Thank you. I I appreciate the uh, the theatrics. Uh, You're welcome. Number nineteen. Boba Fett is hired to hunt down Kenobi. I'm putting the real on this one. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going yeah. all in on Boba. I mean, we've we've we're already we already you already talked me into that one. So yeah, it's got to be. Otherwise, there's no point in him being in the show. All right. All you right. know, unless he happens to be flying commercial again. Uh, Oh, no, that was now, Mando, now sorry. to be clear, the the uh, the disintegration will will be something else, almost like maybe a misfire. I'm kind of getting into this whole idea, like you're saying, like it's going to be some sort of you know comedic thing, like he's going to make a screw up, like some twenty year old, you know, he had like too much too much liquor the night before, and so he he just you know fire something off the wrong way, you know, the next day hung over. Hung over. Fett. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm going to go to the Sands of Tatooine and sleep this off. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my mouth is full of the Sands of Tatooine. <laughs> oh, my I, have, gosh. I need a little hair of the Bantha to. <laughs> <laughs> <and a spotchka. laughs> 
<laughs> no, not literally hair of a bantha. <laughs> hair of a bantha. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Hair of the bantha that, that carried you across the sands of Tatooine. You never heard that expression? <laughs> no. What kind of a Star Wars no. fan are you? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, the key is you got to get the hairs from, you know, you got to get the hairs right in the middle because you don't want to get too close to the front. You definitely don't want to get too close to the back. It's the hair of the bantha right in the middle is the one you want. Oh my gosh. That's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> Came, came into the show thinking we're just going to adjudicate these rumors and coming out of it, hair of the bantha is cracking me up like nothing else. Oh, my God. And you know what? On our uh, trip, you know that that's going to get quoted at least once. Oh, God. At least 15 times. <laughs> Jeez Louise. All, all right. right. So we were both uh, both all in on Boba. So real for us. Real What's for up us. next, sir? Number 20, Kenobi wipes out the Inquisitors. Now, this is not a rumor from a source. I just thought it would be kind of an interesting take uh, – uh, to have, you know, Kenobi who who is being pursued by them. And, you know, we don't see the Inquisitors in episode four. It'd be interesting if this journey to find him and capture him or kill him is in fact their undoing. So I'm just throwing the rumor out that he will wipe out the Inquisitors. I'm a go jabroni. All right. I went the I real know. on this one. I, I thought it'd be kind of an interesting uh, you know, just an interesting thing to kind of show that, you, you know, not him trying to be like brutal, like Vader, but just that through the course of just defending himself, he just shows his proudness, shows why he is or why he survived as long as mm. he did and ends up taking them out. So I, oops, I hit the wrong button. One second. Mess it up. You're formatting. Look, you did all this hard work on this thing and now you, you're messing it up. Are you kidding me? the heck did you do i don't know i won't undo it won't undo what hold on uh sorry i I hit gentlemen the 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 computer science major like extraordinarily smart person formatted a cell in google docs and it was completely baffled no i i hit undo and it didn't undo my action i can't help that I don't know. Anyways. All right. Number 21. Uh, Vader has Kenobi (laughs) defeated, but cannot bring himself to kill him. Real or jabroni? That's jabroni. All right. I went jabroni on that one. All right. Number 22. (sighs) Flip side. Kenobi has Vader defeated, but has mercy and leaves him for the second time. I'm going to say jabroni just because I hope not, because it would just be like the echo of the dumbest decision of his entire life. And I would really hate to just walk away from this going, you know what? That whole Obi-Wan Kenobi, the the wise old man that they have to go to, he is plum stupid. It's like <laughs> dumb Gandalf. Yes, out suspect. In the desert. More than suspect, like downright moronic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like you had him once. Okay, I get it. He's your buddy. Mm-hmm. I mean, still, you're leaving him there in agony rather than putting him out of his misery. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's kind of a you know a little bit of a revenge streak there. Maybe. Or, Maybe. and but then you then you then you have him again, dead rights, and you let him go again. Like, okay. Well, it just shows and how much of a stand-up guy he is. Shows up how much how shows how much of a stand-up guy he is. It's not a stand-up guy. He's a complete dummy. 
here's a no. here's a bad dude and you you Living let him go once after he wiped out a bunch of children Living by a code. And the code of being a complete prat. <laughs> to Number quote, 23. The, <laughs> quote a couple of the lads from Scruffy Podcasters, I'm guessing. Just oh, to be a complete Lord. and utter prat. Yeah. All right. Anyways, jabroni for me. All right. Real for me. Number 23. Uh, Kenobi fakes his death, leaving Vader to believe his teacher is finally dead. I, I kind of think one. this one. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking real on this one too, because otherwise, yeah, why wouldn't Vader be out hunting him down? You right. know what I mean? Right. That's what I'm thinking. That that it's it's a combination of you know he defeats Vader, but maybe there's something that happens where you know he seemingly falls to his death, and so Vader thinks he's vanquished or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Uh, number 24, uh, Grogu's rescue from the Inquisitors will be shown. So there's a lot of assumption on this one. A lot no, of no. assumption. No, it's a, that's a jabroni. I went jabroni I think, too. I think it's just too much to tie in. Now, now watch. They'll tie it in and it'll be fantastic. <laughs> I know. I know. Exactly. I mean, I'm saying jabroni on this too because it feels like it's one of those rumors that's like too much. But to your point, that'll be the thing they actually do. You know, I'm 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 all anchored onto this like Leia thing, and it'll end up being Grogu in the end. Ah, oh, good lord! Mm. Oh, all right, well. number twenty-five. There will be a flashback to Anakin and Kenobi during the Clone Wars. I want the real well, on this one. I I think it'd be kind of cool to see a live-action callback to Hayden and Ewan back in the day, young bucks that they were. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm going with it because we already talked about Ahsoka making a mm-hmm. an appearance in a flashback, and that would make the most sense. So, sure, why not? All right, all right. We're we are done with the section. Ooh, wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? All right, now we're moving on to when the man comes around. Uh, number twenty six. We will see how Kenobi gets the name Old Ben. Pretty easy. He's old. I went the real on this one. So for for the uninitiated, uh, there is a callback in episode four uh, by Luke saying, oh, you're talking about old Ben? Uh, so the idea being that uh, we, we get some sort of clue as to how the old Ben moniker came to be. Or just Ben, because, I mean, mm-hmm. his, his first name is Obi-Wan, right? Yes. Um, I mean, it would make sense. Crap! I, I'm really trying to find a way for this not to come down to Tarkin and and uh, <laughs> a Womp Rat, but it's that's you know what, ride or so, die with a Womp Rat, baby. That's what that's next, what it is. For these next six episodes, you have no <laughs> idea how the man they call Tim is going to be rooting against a Womp Rat appearing on screen. Like this is what it's boiled down to, ladies and gentlemen. And the thing is, like any any sort of creature that they don't even like t- say what it is, I'm going to claim that's a Womp Rat. Okay, no, the Womp Rat is not the Mephisto of Star Wars. Just stop it. Oh, it <laughs> is. Stop. You did not define that. <laughs> womp Rat will make an appearance. It's easy. Someone points and says, oh, look, a Womp Rat. That's what it's got to happen. No. That's what's, that's what's got to happen. It might, be, it might just be, you know, kind of scurrying along. It doesn't have to have, like, a little tooltip, like, you know, pop-up video. Like, hey, a Womp Rat. Oh, good Lord. 
Could be a thing in the shadows. Two bottles of bourbon on the line. He loses all his morals. All right. Number 27. Kenobi and young. You're catching on. Look at this. Good Lord. Kenobi and young Luke will interact. So in the trailer, we see Kenobi observing young Luke from afar. This is about the two of them actually interacting uh, in some, you know, in some fashion uh, during the series. I went the real. I'm going to go jabroni. All right. All right. Because I, I think it, I think there's a, I think there's a chance that there just is no interaction because I mean, in, in episode four, he doesn't really seem like he's, he knows Ben. Well, he knows you know old I mean? Ben. Well, he knows of him. Right. And it's partly because of his uncle talking about, you know, that crazy old wizard and, you know, whatever they call him. That doesn't know. mean Obi-Wan can't walk up to him and say, hello there. I have the it higher could. ground. <laughs> <laughs> and then walks off. Doesn't need to know who it is. <laughs> and that's why they call him crazy old Ben, because that's the exactly. only thing he ever says. Anyway. Exactly. I have the higher ground. <laughs> Uh, you're standing on a box. Maybe we should have titled this episode "Higher." Gr- I, you know, we actually have yes, an episode but already I called have the "Higher, higher Ground." ground. Oh, oh Lord! Okay, that was more Stevie Wonder. Any, you don't have any pants on, though. Yes, but I have the higher ground. Okay, just <laughs> just stop it. Oh, good. Just going to avert my eyes and go over this way. Good Lord! All right, number twenty-eight. Vader will start the series fueled by anger and rage, but at the end will no longer be driven by emotion. So this is from one of the uh, looper or screenrant.com sources. The idea being that uh, Vader is just driven by vengeance, uh, getting back at Kenobi for what happened to him. And in their second face-off, he will lose again and realize how his emotions are getting the better of him, which will lead to, the whole idea of this theory is it leads to the you know some kind of reasoning behind why he is a more conservative and reserved you know kind of fighter uh in episode four he he's not as aggressive he is um much more calculating and strategic uh you know moving into episode four and five and so i think this is meant to kind of bridge how we get from very impulsive vader to very strategic and thoughtful vader i went the real on this one yeah, fine. Why not? I'll go real. All right. Number 29. Kenobi. Oh, I love this rumor. So I didn't make this up. This was from one of the sources, but it just it cracked me up and I had to put it in. Kenobi uses a life draining force power to protect young Luke or young Leia, resulting in him aging quickly in the nine years that follow before a new hope. So the rumor here is, uh, you know, from what we see in Kenobi, um, the series is nine years before a new hope. So the question is, Mm. why does he go from looking the way he does in the series, which we've seen in the trailer to now becoming an old man in a new hope? And the thought is he is using some kind of force power to protect the twins, one or the other, um, whether it's this blinding thing or this hit, this hiding sort of thing, but it, it basically sucks the life force out of him because he's using it. I kind of file this under way too complicated and expository to be a real thing. So I went the jabroni. Well, 
here's the thing. Like my, I've I've got this down as jabroni right now, but the more I think about it, I don't know how expository it has to be, because you're already dealing with space magic, right? Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. is space magic, and it's just mm-hmm. the force. And is it really? Does it really take that much of a leap, or does it really take that much to say I've been using, you know? I've been using my, you know, force meditation to to shield them, you know, from or Luke right. from the inquisitors or whatever. I don't know. I mean, like I kind of like in this rumor. Sense. Like I kind of like in this rumor though to the whole like young avengers forming in Doctor Strange, right? I mean, could it happen? Sure. But does it really make sense that it's going to happen in the context, you know, in the context of that movie? Probably not. Yeah, it does seem like a lot to do just to just to make two ends meet up that I think everybody kind of understands. I mean, because the thing is, you already have you already have like glaring differences going on anyways. And and that wasn't just the stuff that Lucas did. I mean, just look at the worlds that he created in the prequel as opposed to the OG trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, completely different worlds like they don't even look the same at all and you know to to just be like oh well we're gonna try and we need to make this even up it's like the dude who came up with this whole thing didn't really care about it evening up so why should you Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm gonna stick with jabroni yeah it's it's a lot just to make that one point i feel historically these kind of rumors always end up being false because there's just too it it, it means too much you know what i mean like there's too much that needs to be explained for it to really you know, kind of land and, and resonate. I don't know that it's so much that has to be explained, but it, to me, it's such a, it's such a focus. Yeah. That it's not worthwhile because it's, it's just going to, it's not that you have to explain it. It's just that it has to keep coming back. Right. You have, it has to be kind of a running thing through the entire show in order to make that progression work. Yeah. Is how I look at it. And do you really want to waste time on that just for this thing of like, well, we got to explain how Ewan becomes Alec. Who gives a damn? Like, mm. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you don't you don't need to. Yeah. All right. We're down to our last two rumors. You ready? Oh, sure. Why not? All right. Uh, this is another one that comes from one of the two, looper.com or screenrent.com. Kenobi starts the series cut off from the Force, but is reconnected when forced to fight Vader. So the thought here being similar, and, and to me, this kind of reeks a little bit of Last Jedi, um, where mm-hmm. he's in the desert, he's kind of, you know, licking his wounds from being, you know, from him and Yoda being defeated. And he decides to cut himself off from the force. And so the thought is, you know, when he starts getting hunted down or they start, you know, finding him and he has to run, that he makes this connection with the force. He reconnects with Qui-Gon. He reconnects with Yoda. It just feels too much like what Luke went through in Last Jedi that it, it just it, it feels like repetition. You know what I mean? It feels derivative. So I went to Jabroni on this one. I really hope that's not what they're doing. Um and and quite honestly, it doesn't seem to fit the Kenobi character. I mean, he he kind of knew at the end of Revenge of the Sith that he was going to have to go into hiding. This was what they just had to do in order to survive and to, you know, at least keep the twins protected, you know, for, for the long term. And so I think 
Kenobi's well aware of the long game in this, and and I don't think he's cut himself off from the Force. So I, I just want jabroni on it. Well, it's an interesting thought because it, at the same time, I th- I still will to this day defend the idea of you know the last jedi is is one of the more interesting star wars movies um agreed and i think that luke cutting himself off from the force within the context of his character arc which a lot of fans just hated but to me i'm like i get it you know i i i know that you want to think that your hero is always going to be a hero but here it's showing like you know what what does it happen when your hero falls like or fails right, right. in in important sense and and has seen so much happen. Um, I would look at this in more of a defensive footing. Mm. And I could see it on that. Not so much that, you know, he's licking his wounds because I believe that he would probably go and, you know, commune with Qui-Gon or, you know, whatever, because that was hinted at in the, what was it? Episode three. And, uh, I could see that, but then I could see him being like, well, the only way to make sure that Inquisitors, Vader, Emperor, whoever, you know, isn't going to find me or more importantly, find Luke or, you know, one of the twins is if I'm not this big beacon of the force, right. you know, calling out to Inquisitors and just kind of broadcasting like, hello there, you know, I'm I here on Tatooine. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I'm right here. Um, Mm -hmm. I could see it being that of like, well, I'm going to cut myself off from the force in order to maintain secrecy. Um, And I, I'm tempted to go real on this, but I almost wonder if it, if it's more, he does this after the the sequence of events that we see in this show, Mm. realizing how much of a danger he's putting in. And that's how you explain like the next you know, however many years when there's relative, when ain't nobody coming to Tatooine or to mm-hmm. um, Alderaan looking for the, the kids, you know what I mean? Right, right. And that, you know, he has essentially then like closed himself off as a way of, you know, defending secrecy. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go. I went I'm going to go jabroni if only because I, I think it'll happen afterwards. It won't happen at the beginning. All right. All right. Uh, and our last rumor. Uh, and uh, Uncle, uh, sorry, the man they called him has gone all in on this one. Uh, Kenobi will use the force to blind Leia from her force abilities as a means of protecting her. I went the real on this one because I do think this is going to be kind of the the key storyline. Something that hasn't been shown in the trailer is is not something where we're privy to. Um, I think it'd be interesting to weave her in and, um, you know, could they tell a compelling story without it? Probably, but there just seems to be this big gap of how does she not know that she has this ability, you know, through the new, through the, the original trilogy. And, and I think it would be really good storytelling and a nice, you know, it is a bit of fan service admittedly, to have this be kind of the the focal point where he's he's having to protect her and ultimately uh, protect her using the force uh, through whatever this blinding thing will be, 
um, to, to prevent her from being able to tap into her, you know, her, her actual abilities. Um, could also point to what I, I think they were trying to, you know, I, I've read some articles that have said the, the uh, post Queel trilogy, the episode seven through nine was really meant to prior to Carrie Fisher's death meant to establish Leia as actually more powerful than Luke. And mm. so I'm wondering if they do some sort of callback to that by showing like he had to take extra kind of steps to keep her safe and hidden because of the potential that she had and that the hope really was going to start with Luke out of a sense of keeping her kind of hidden, you know, from, from those who were pursuing her. So I'm, mm. I, you know, it's a bit of a long explanation, but I'm going to go the real on this one. Cause it just feels um, that that whole subplot feels very foundational to, to this series and the story it could tell. I'm going to go real as well. Um, however, I think it's, I think that's going to be with both of them. Because if you notice, yeah. like Luke wasn't exactly like showing off like, Hey, look, I can levitate crap, you know, that's before fair. he met up with Kenobi. That's fair. So, and, but the funny thing is like, then the whole retro thing of, of the prequels and all that about how, you know, all the young Padawans are, are little kids. Like they're discovering their powers. Like, well, why did it take like Luke and Leia this long to, to come around to that? You know? So I would think it would have to be for both of the kiddos. I can't argue with you, my friend. Well, good. That just makes things more interesting. So now we've got this entire thing riding on Womp Rats, Moff Tarkin, and whether or not Kenobi and young Luke will interact. Well, and Leia is a huge part of it too. I mean, I, I know we. Well, didn't no, take... I just mean in terms of our oh our, our, little... our differences. Yes, you are absolutely right. Yeah. So, man, they called him is rooting and, uh, very strongly for no Womp Rats in in Kenobi. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Well. Indeed. Thank you for gathering all those together, sir. That was uh, that was most interesting. And I, I would say good luck, but uh, I, I kind of want both bottles. So good yeah, luck to I, me. I figured as much. No, it'll be a, it'll be a fair and interesting contest. We shall see. Indeed, I'm excited to see the uh, premiere. I think it's going to be good. Yes, indeed. This will go live before then, so uh, we'll definitely be above boards on uh, all of our guesses. Faux show. Indeed. And another thing. So what do you got for and another thing this week, sir? Uh, my and another thing is uh, something I stumbled upon as it debuted uh, Friday of uh, the prior week. Uh, so what would that put us at uh, 22nd, 21st? So May 20th on HBO Max, uh, George Carlin's American Dream Parts 1 and 2, uh, produced by Judd Apatow and is a... Just uh, I've only watched uh, actually finished uh, at dinner tonight uh, part one uh, and basically is a, a, you know, somewhat of a biographical uh, retelling of George, George Carlin's life, his, uh, you know, his entrance into stand up comedy, uh, the transformation he, he underwent for kind of the counterculture version of himself from the 70s. And, and really part one kind of ends with him being a bit of a, a antiquity and, and somewhat obsolete uh, going into the eighties. Um, but kind of leaves it with a bit, just with, with a phenomenal ending where it's just kind of like, 
you know, taking all of the, the comments and, and just attitude toward him toward the end of that decade and, and finding a way to reinvent himself in in a way that makes him, uh, or catapults him, you know, to, to this other level of, of, of popularity in terms of the comedy that he does. Um, so I haven't seen part two yet, but if part one's any indication, part two is going to be phenomenal. Um, just, just a fantastic documentary, um, so far. So I would highly encourage you to check it out. Uh, big fan of his comedy um love just just love his his observations his his articulation um i love how they go into depth about you know the way he he kind of had his background in in english and and just the 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 dissection of words he goes into and and that sort of thing from his mom and from his his kind of upbringing um because he he is i mean part of what makes his comedy so great is is the way he he kind of articulates these kind of weird aspects of our language and the way that we go about kind of wording things and looking at things and, and articulating things. And so, um, so I, I just found it really funny. I'm looking forward to part two because I, I really loved, um, I forget the name of the stand up he did, but it was kind of early 90s uh, in New York. Um, I don't know if it was on Broadway or something else, but he, he just did this. Uh, it, it's, I think, two episodes ago, we referenced, for example, his bit on uh, flying the airlines and, and just mm. the, the amazing, you know, just just routine he goes into on that um that was just one part of it so uh so do check it out uh he's a fascinating individual and and just a a just amazing comic um you know i love uh during part of the documentary stephen colbert refers to carlin almost being like the beatles you know kind of in in the you know the 60s going into the 70s where he's kind of like this love me do version of a comedian and then he all of a sudden just turns into this like white album version of, of, of you know, this counterculture comedian that he becomes. And, mm. uh, and I thought that was a really apropos description. So, so do check it out. Uh, very fascinating individual and, uh, you will not be disappointed. Uh, George Carlin's American dream part one and two airing now on HBO max. Very nice, sir. Very good choice. Thank you. And how about you, sir? Well, I'm going to get on the uh, on the bandwagon with you because the the special Amen. that you're referencing is one that I I myself referenced uh, in our one of our previous episodes as well, and is one of my favorite comedy albums of all time. Uh, it's George Carlin back in town, and it was uh, released in September of 1996 as one of his HBO specials. Uh, HBO, of course, was his home for all of his specials, and the oh, the oh is that the thing- one I'm referring to? I believe so. It was nice. one of them. Nice. He recorded nice. a few, a, a few in in New York, um, and then he recorded one in New Jersey. That I think it was called "What Am I Doing in New Jersey?" And um, but the unique thing about George Carlin was how he oriented his his writing and his material, mm. because mm-hmm. he really once he had to deal with HBO and he knew he would have a special coming up and he would do these specials every couple of years or whatever. He would essentially write all of his material, tour, refine, and and with the idea of he's working to get hit this hour, you know, this hour special uh mm-hmm. set. Record the special and then all of that material just went away. Mm. And he started over from scratch. And several comedians had said like how that is just there's 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 people who just won't do that sort of in the same way that um, Jerry Seinfeld said when uh, he was, he was doing uh, comedians in cars, getting coffee. 
and he talked with Don Rickles and he's like, you, you don't have an act. You don't have like a set. You just go up there and you're, you just do funny. Right. Right. And he's like, most comedians will not do that. Like that's terrifying to not have, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. This should get a good laugh. And then I'm going to do this and this and this, and then I'm out with this, you know, almost like what Jim Carrey started to kind of do. Like he was just like, I'm, I'm not going to do the stuff I did before. The idea of just taking all this material, you've spent years refining and getting good. And, and especially with George, like getting huge laughs and then just go, okay, I'm done with that. Now what? And starting right from scratch. And that material just is gone now. Like, I'm not going to perform it anymore. I'm not doing a greatest hits. I'm not going to bring it out for when I go, you know, on the road or anything. Like, I'm just, I'm writing my new special. And it's it's incredible. And the fact that he was able to do that year after year after year after year is amazing. And to me, when I first heard uh, Back in Town, it blew my mind. It blew my ever-loving mind. Um, because I had seen George Carlin growing up because my, uh, my parents had HBO and they probably did not know how many times I listened or how many times I watched Carlin on campus and, uh, Carlin at Carnegie when they weren't around, uh, shows that I probably at my age should not have been watching. Um, (laughs) but I was just fascinated by this guy and he was hilarious and, and and then just to kind of in the '90s to kind of rediscover him in a way, um, because I've always been a big fan of of stand up comedy and 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 comedy albums, which is I don't it's not really even a thing now. But I used to I had I I had and still have a fairly decent collection of comedy albums, and it was something I would just listen to and I'd love it. Oh my gosh, this album to me is like one of his finest. It's like yeah, it is it is the it is the rubber soul, uh, you know, his rubber soul or like his Metallica black album or, or whatever, whatever like album, like his dark side of the moon album to me, it is just from beginning to end. So solid and amazing. And in a way funny, but funny in a way that makes you just like, ah, I got to think about this. Like, okay. I just laughed at it instinctively, but yeah. Yeah. Is it really funny? Like what he was just saying? Because, <laughs> I mean, just to give you an idea, uh, the track listing for Back in Town, uh, one is abortion. So he leads off the entire show talking about abortion. <laughs> Way to really just get everyone, you know, rallying all together. Yeah. And that's like how he starts the show. Uh, then he goes into a, a bit called Sanctity of Life. Then segues from Sanctity of Life to Capital Punishment. Then from there to State Prison Farms. And then here's the great thing about George. Because George was equal opportunity. Like he would, like that is, that is four heavy duty subjects right there. The next one, farting in public. Go figure. Like all of a sudden, just the pressure valve. And then he goes into familiar expressions, the, all the, the, the taking apart and the examination of the English language. And then his last bit, which is 20 minutes long, is, is 26 cultural items called uh, free-floating hostility that he is just bored with, pissed at, and tired of. And so he goes through all of these things, and it's like, 
There's a whole bunch of other, a whole bunch of things in here like bad hair days, uh, my needs aren't being met, Mickey Mouse's birthday, too many vehicles, backwards baseball hats. I mean, oh, it's great, it's fantastic because nice. it's just like I don't know what else to do, but you know what? I'm going to tie all these together because it's really funny, and this is uh, it's just it's incredible. Um, and is 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 one of those things where it's like, how is this guy? you know, not still with us. Like if there was one guy, if there was one guy who's, who's, you know, head, we should have had in a jar forever. It's, it's definitely not Vince McMahon. It should be, it should be George Carlin. Cause I could, I could, I would love to hear what George has to say right now, even though it would probably just be a primal scream by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but oh my gosh, if you have not watched that special, if you've not listened to the album, uh, definitely if you can watch the special because his facial expressions and his delivery and, and mannerisms do add so much to it. But, oh, my gosh, uh, it, it is a phenomenal special and phenomenal album. You got to hear it. You got to, got to, got to hear it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm pretty sure we've covered all the bases. We've talked about Star Wars, Marvel, farting, uh, George Carlin, counterculture, um, Womp Rats. Yep, I HBO. think we covered it all. <laughs> HBO. Um, which, I mean, quite honestly, uh, there probably will be a a, 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 a crossover show on the Plus mm-hmm. uh, from the mm-hmm. Star Wars section of the Plus to National Geographic's uh, talking about Womp Rats. And, mm-hmm. and you know what? I'm here for that. Actually, that would be great. Oh, that would be fantastic. Like just a total. Anyways, uh, I'm getting deep into that. Thank you for tuning in. Um, We are going to wrap this sucker up. I'm not going to wander too much more. Uh, But thank you all for listening. We do appreciate it. If you have not yet subscribed to our humble little podcast, uh, what the hell is wrong with you? You really ought to do that. You ought to go to freerangeadc.com. You'll find all of our episodes there. You can also uh, subscribe to us directly through the Podbean app. And uh, if you don't want to get the Podbean app, well, then you go find uh, where you get your where you get your podcast there, bub, and you go ahead and search for us. Free range to see run Apple po- uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, a whole bunch of others. If you don't find us on the podcast purveyor of your choice, be sure Sarah. to send a. Uh, be sure to send an email to Tim at freerangeadc.com and let Tim know that you know you want to see our podcast on bob's podcast emporium whatever um and we'll do our best to get our podcast there for you um Mm -hmm. if you have any questions thoughts concerns or any offers of bribery or perhaps even an idea for a show something you'd like to uh hear a couple of idiots on the interwebs jabber about i mean hey everybody's got a kink and if that's your thing hey i'm not here i'm not here to judge so uh send those to tim at freerangeadc.com and he will uh, get right on that forthwith mm-hmm. and here to four and um concurrently if, concurrently as well and uh you know then he'll probably just send back your suspect and that's it because uh, that's the only way that he communicates now ladies and gentlemen it's just in good goodwill hunting quotes that's the only way that he communicates it's terribly painful for his family but Mm. hilarious to me um if you'd like to follow us on the social medias we love us some social media so you can find us on the facebook we're on the instagram we're on the twitter all of those are at free range idiocy and now ladies and gentlemen we come to the time of the show that blessed time for the congregation when i finally stop flapping my gums and hand this over to the man they call tim however not before i ask the second most important question that has ever emerged from the manhole uh the manhole no, <laughs> mouth hole of mankind 
It might have emerged from a manhole too. I don't know. It's you it's know coming from the manhole. I, I don't. I'm getting delirious at this point. Um, it, but oh. uh, the first question, of course, being what is hit. The second, of course, being what the hell did we learn this episode, sir? Uh, we've learned the following, my friend. Ah, good. Uh, it's all about the education. Absolutely, Uncle Todd. We've oh, sorry. We've learned Uncle Todd is parent of the year because he allows the ballyhoo. I do. I actively encourage the Ballyhoo, much to my own chagrin. We have also learned that uh, hair of the bantha is a thing, so saith Uncle Todd. I think that's the sound the <laughs> bantha makes, isn't it? I think so. Move, moves 10 feet per day. All right. We've also <laughs> that's learned. That's actually generous. We've also learned that free range idiocy outbreak edition is a thing. We made it! <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <sighs> I gotta go suspect. swap my nostril after this. Yeah, yeah, you and me both. Oh my gosh. Uh, and finally, uh, the man they call Tim uh, is actively rooting against the Womp Rat appearing in Kenobi, uh, as that will equal double bourbon for him. Yes. Do it. With all that being said ladies and gentlemen we thank you as uh, uncle todd has already stated for the downloads for the listenership we we are much appreciative uh and as we like to usually uh close uh, our sessions here especially the outbreak edition uh be safe be healthy be kind uh, be good to one another and uh because old ben would want you to please would you hit the lights on the way out it's like i picked the wrong week to quit drinking i beg your pardon what did you say Damn! You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. <laughs> now all we gotta do is keep our eyes on that brass ring. Fellas. You're the one, what? What, Johnny Tyler? Madcap. Doc? Where you going with that shotgun? I didn't know you was back in town. Well, well. How the hell are you? Wyatt, I am rolling. Morgan. Doc. Virgil. Ooh, Doc. Water. Going into business for ourselves, Doc. Well, I just got a Sparrow game. Oh. Since when is Pharaoh a business? Didn't you always say that gambling's an honest trade? No, I said poker's an honest trade. Only suckers buck the tiger. The odds are all on the house. Depends on how you look at it. I mean, it's not like anybody's putting a gun to their head now, is it? <laughs> That's what I love about Wyatt. He can talk himself into anything. <laughs> oh, Johnny, I apologize. I forgot you were there. You may go now. Just leave that shotgun. Thank you. Sheriff Behan. Gentlemen. Sheriff. Have you met Doc Holliday? Kiss on you, wife. Well, hello there. I've got the high ground. <laughs> what is that, Hillbilly Ben? I got the high ground, y'all. <laughs> Hey, Ma, get off the dang roof. <laughs> <laughs>
that's that, that's uh, that's Obi Wan's cousin Judd, <laughs> Judd Kenobi, Cletus the slack jawed yokel, Cletus Cletus Kenobi. Oh my gosh, I want to see that show now. All right, Can you me... you heard it here first, Uncle Todd's next project, Cletus Kenobi. <laughs> It'll be a busted out, one of those busted up igloos with like five land speeders oh, all rusting God. in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> On cinder blocks. Yeah. <laughs> Spotchka oh. cans everywhere. Good Lord. A bantha tied up in the back. Has mange. Hair of the bantha is like, you know, hanging from his neck. <laughs> Good Lord. That's what a, that's what a mangy bantha sounds like. It's not hey, nearly mom. as healthy. Hey mom, on the lower ground, I won. <laughs> <laughs> now get the hell out of here!